stuff is um, Yudbet, um, and uh, we pick up at the two dots on Yudal from Yudbet, um, where it's Amr Ochlim Veshoshim Shecha So we had a whole um, discussion, important discussion yesterday about the uh, about whether taking making a fast day for personal. Um, sort of a religious um, uh, pursuit is considered a good thing or a bad thing and again that raises the interesting issues of the relationship as I've been talking about about the yachi to the tzibor um, because there you are separating yourself from the tzibor not as Gamar discussed earlier by indulging in pleasure when the tzibor is bizarre but you know sort of (coughs) accepting upon yourself tzar when the tzibor is going about its normal business and is that necessarily a good thing or a bad thing Um, you know it's an important question it's a very different type of a Tanit than the Tanit that the Gemara here is dealing with, or the, you know the Masechet deals with, which is a Tanit specifically in the communal context and in the context for rain. Anyway, now we move on to the um, um, to the next section of the Mishnah, which is Ochlin Veshosi Mishecha Sheicha, about a third of the way down on Yeral Hamutzbet. Um, that on these minor and, and when the fast when the process of fasting begins it starts first with the Yechidim with the individuals and then if it gets to Rosh Chodesh Kislev um, and it still hasn't rained then it becomes a communal fast but either the individuals or the communal is of the lighter nature because you can eat um, at the previous eat and drink the previous night and the other types of uh, things are not forbidden like uh, anointing and bathing and sex and so on okay so that's true about the first three of the individuals and then the first three um, um, of the tzibur so the Gemara says like this so the first statement is pretty much pretty straightforward based on the Mishnah that if an, an individual accepts upon himself a Tanit so either you're one of these Yechidim um, and you're doing it in the context of rain or you're just doing it for your own purposes like the Gemara discussed yesterday um, other um, you know the, uh, that there's a track that's not related to the rain but you're accepting a private fast so and you eat the night before because as we've seen in our Mishnah so it's certainly the fast of the Yechidim that begin is one that they eat the night before so you're so considered to be observing a Tanit and you say the Tzilat Tanit the next morning you know you say in the um, Shemona Esrei um, you see you um, and uh, because it's still a Tanit even though it's only starting in the day and it doesn't include the night before <laughs> yes it also says I don't even understand the Chiddush I mean the Mishnah says that that's considered the first three Tanit for the Yachid and the first three for the Tzivor so it's considered the basic statutory Tanit of course you meet called Tzilat Tanit so Probably there's not much of a Chiddush in that, but now we get on to the next point. Um, and then it says, in the way it's maybe said as a contrast, to say, um, um, so if you sleep in your Tanit, meaning now it's Motzei, your fast day, and you didn't eat. Let's consider, like, if we'll use one of our examples of a historical fast, it's, it's the night after Shivasar Batamas. So you ate the whole night le- uh, leading into Shivasar Batamas, and come the day of Shivasar Batamas, you're considered to be Batamas, and you say Anenu. Then comes the night of Shivasar Batamas, and you do not, and you don't have dinner that night. And you wake up the next morning, so you still haven't eaten, and now you haven't eaten for like a full 24 hours. Right? Lan Batanito, comes Shachris on the 18th of Tammuz you don't say you don't say because even though you're still fasting and here you've been fasting for the prior 24 hours so you know it's like it's a contrast in the one case you ate 10 minutes ago you ate before Amr Shachar 
and comes and comes Shachris and you say Anenu. Here you haven't eaten for the last twenty four hours, but you don't say Anenu. You know why? Because you have not accepted it as a Tanit. It's true you haven't eaten, but because you have not accepted it as a Tanit from the day before, as we're going to see, it doesn't have the status of a Tanit. So that's the reason he says probably the first statement as well is to create the contrast. Yes, Charlie. Um. In our Siddur, individuals don't say the Anenu during Shachris. Okay, I'll talk about when we say Anenu in a okay. minute, okay? But anyway, but that's his point, okay? So in one case, you ate mamish a few, an hour before and you're betanit because you accepted it from the day before. And in the other case, that, he didn't say that's the reason, but I'm putting that out there as the reason. And the other day, you fasted for 24 hours and you're not saying Tanit. Right, right, right. Yes. So Rashi seems to make the point that that night, Motse the Tanit, yeah, so you don't eat kolot or l'shem tanit. still has the to be Right, so that could be as well. You could be doing it not just that you forgot to eat, but you could even intentionally be fasting, but it's not officially a tanit. You just that you have not accepted. We don't know, but we'll assume that that's the reason, that you haven't accepted it starting the day before. But let's see now how the Gemara unpacks it. Yeah. rejecting the possibility that you're still engaged in the Shiva Sarvatamu's fast until you eat. And you keep saying Anenu until that fast, that you have completed that fast. Right. Meaning, so it's, so, meaning... So, so as long as you haven't eaten anything since right. the beginning of an official fast. Right. You, you you're still in, the, in that fast. Right. You, you mean so that part of the Chiddush is not just that this isn't... So you're saying if part of the Chiddush is not just this doesn't count as a new tiny, the part of the Chiddush is it doesn't count as a continuation of the old one. That's yeah. true as well. Yeah, both of those are true. Okay, so that's definitely a Chiddush. So let's see what the Gemara says. I'm not Rabbi Yosef. Let's see how the Gemara unpacks it. My Kesavar Rafuna. What is Rafuna called? Svirulei ein mitanin l'shaot. Odiyama mitanin l'shaot. Vanitanel l'shaot. Ein mitzal tfilat ha'anit. So he says, I'm going to consider this continued fasting the night following and the beginning of the next morning as a ta'anit sha'ot for hours. Now, why exactly it's considered for hours? Every time you're in the morning of a fast, you've only fasted a few hours, you haven't finished yet. But again, presumably, since you haven't accepted it from the day before, and, you know, it's also not clear, let's maybe even say, maybe it's not even your intention to finish the fast. Maybe it's only your intention to go through the morning and then you're going to have breakfast after shacharit. So, either because you didn't accept the whole day as a fast, again, what's, the problem is not spelled out here, or because you're not intentionally planning on fasting the whole day, it's called the Ta'anit Sha'ot. It's only for hours. It's not the whole unit of the day. So, that's how he identifies what's different about this case. And therefore, I want to understand what he holds. Does he hold that Eimit Anin Sha'ot, that it's not considered a fasting at all? That even if you were, you know, if you wanted to, let's say, eat right now, but, you know, you could eat. There's no sense of being in a fast if you're only planning, if you either haven't accepted it the day before, or you're only planning on doing it for part of the day. It's not a full day fast. It has no status at all. And you can go ahead and eat if you want to. There's no sense of violating any fast. Or, Dilma, no, there is some status of a part day fast and uh, you wouldn't be considered to have fasted half the day but it's not enough to, it's not enough to say it's for a full day fast but there still is some status 
So the nafkamine of these two is like, number one, am I allowed to just go ahead and start eating when I want to? Is there a sense that I'm in the middle of a part day fast that that has some binding quality? Okay, maybe there's some other nafkamine if I accept it upon myself to fast a certain number of days. Can this maybe count towards the fast? Okay, but that's the question. Is there some weight to this as a part day fast? But certainly not enough to say anenu. So the Gemara says, Amalei Abaye, so Abaye say back, Le'olam Kosov Ravuna, Ravuna really holds mit anim l'sha'ot, Actually, he holds that it has a full weight. You can have a half-day fast. And if you fast for a half-day, you would say anenu. So let's say you say, I'm going to fast until noon. I'm not going to have any breakfast. I'm going to fast till noon. So you're bound by that fast. And during Shachris, you'd say anenu. So why is this any different? Okay, so because, and here again, that's why the Gemara is ambiguous what the problem was. Here it spells it out. The problem is that you're planning on eating after chakras. You're planning on eating for lunch. The problem here was the weakness of it was that you would not makabel the fast from the previous night. And therefore, it does not have the weight. So this is going to be two factors of a ta'anid that the Gemara is going to sort of be moving back and forth about. Number one is the need to be makabel at the previous night to give it the weight that's binding. It's not just I happen not to be eating, but it has the status of a fast. And again, this is all by yachid, by the tzibor, it's gozrim, you know. It's just the creed that this is the ta'anid tzibor. It's not about my individual acceptance. And the other is the fact that if it's part day or a full day, you know, it's like the guy says, I'm fasting between snacks, right? So how long do you have to be fasting to give it that significance of a ta'anit? So those are the two factors, the duration and the Kabbalah. So the Gemara says the problem is not that you're planning on eating after chakras, you're planning on eating after lunch. The problem here is that it lacked the Kabbalah. But presumably if you were Makabel, a half-day fast, that would be binding on you and you would say anenu. So that's where the Gemara is right now about the nature of this and why it wasn't a ta'anit. Um, I should say, by the way, just to answer the issue of anenu, right, Tosus raises the question about when do we say anenu when we do our fast and he quotes the Bahag who says um, if you take a look at the end of Tosus Lambetanito he says like this um, one minute um, so he says it like about tw- ten lines after the Tosus Lan starts the line that starts with the word Achal he says Umesharej Bihochot Kedolot right Halachot gedolot. Thank you. The ainu mima nenu b'tzilat shacharit. Shemanim sa shakran b'tzilato. The shemalo yisayim hatanit. Right. That's our practice. That the individual doesn't say a nenu because you might not complete the fast. The linira the lo nikra shakran. Kivan chayi b'tato litanot. Afilu ikriones achakach. The lo mati litzayanase. He says I don't understand. Even if something happened when it was shachis, you were planning on fasting the whole day. So why shouldn't you be able to say a nenu? And then if you skip to the bottom, it says like this. Um, because of uh, one minute, okay. The no hagim, it's three line, it's five lines from the bottom, last word on the line. The no hagim shushliach tibor omro b'shacharit kedeu hodiel laolam lahaskir hatanit. So what the shliach tibor says in shachlis to make it make it clear to everybody that there is a fast day going on today. Avol yachid eno omer ad hamincha. But the individual only says that the mincha following the practice of the Baha'i, except we have the Shliach Tibor saying it at the beginning. Right, I understand, but that's the practice. Anyway, the interesting quotes the Torah or Chaim, which obviously is a later insertion into Tosos. Okay, so anyway. All right, but that's actually how we get to our saying of Anenu. The Gemara, it's not clear. The Gemara, presumably, you were saying it as Shachas. Yes. Okay, just uh, to know the Sephardic practices, uh, all the Yechidim to say Anenu. 
That's Shacharia. Okay, good to know. Okay. Um, the Kabbalah from the night before, mm-hmm. is that, must that be a verbal Kabbalah? Okay, so we'll talk about that. That's coming up later in the Daph, use of the Kabbalah. Yeah. And it's interesting that it sort of assumes that you're going to um, start, that the Shulay people are going to remind everybody not to eat. I mean, you know, in today's day and age, everybody's had something to drink before, you know, <laughs> like water or whatever. Not me. I'm very mocked on that. But, but, <laughs> but you're right. Right, because... In, in yeah, the, the assumption that you're not, you haven't eaten or drinking before breakfast, that you're going to, so right, exactly. Yep. But is it before a chakras, yes. You combo your fast for whatever period it is from the period before, meaning like if you're yes. spending your fast, yeah. At nighttime, you still don't say tomorrow, even though you're... Correct. You, presumably, you're even though the fast begins at the day, you have to accept it from before, not just at the night, even though you're still eating at the night, but from the previous day. But again, a lot of this stuff, some of this will get spelled out if, if as we continue. A lot of it is not fully spelled out, and Tosus tries to figure it out, you know, the regime tries to figure it out, but a lot of it remains pretty vague even at the end. Yes. Question to Rabbi Lorea. Spartic practice at Marv or RV? On a fast that only begins in the day? Yeah. I can't imagine I that you do that. On a fast that begins during the, in the yeah. morning? Yeah. Do you say on the end of the night before? Right. No. No. And how about Tisha Yes. Okay. No, All right. So now we say like this. Um... Okay, so now we've identified that the problem here is not that it's not a full day fast, but it hasn't had a Kabbalah. Marukva ikla leginzak. Now, Marukva came to this place, Ginzak. Bo'amine, they asked from him, Mitanim l'sha'ot o'in mitanim l'sha'ot? Can you do a part day fast or not? Lo'aviyade, he didn't know the answer. Would you wait? Kan kanin shel machrim, asurim o mutarim. Jugs of non-Jews that they stored, uh, non, that they stored, you know, stam yenam in, non, wine of non-Jews in it, but it was cold, and so, but they were porous because they're pottery. What's their story? Can you use them or not? Um, he didn't have the answer. When, uh, when Moshe was serving as the Kohen during the Miami Luim, right, and he was in, in, inducting Aaron and the sons, okay. what clothing did he wear? He didn't have Vigde Kahuna. I have no idea how these three are connected. I'm sure you can make a brilliant drosh to connect these three. Anyway, he went and asked in the base Medrin. Amulay, they said to him, You can have a part day fast, and you can even say Anenu. Like we said before, that the jugs of the non-Jews after 12 months you can use because whatever wine got absorbed, um, you know, in the uh, you know in the pottery is considered to now be uh, you know to have go- to not give any more taste, you know, to dissolve. Which actually you know le- leads to these interesting questions about China after 12 months, etc. The difference here, I should just say, is that this is all cold. This is not with heat. So that's why it's important to note that this discussion is with things that absorbed in cold. Okay. We'll assume he wore a simple white a white cloak. He added that there was no um, there, uh, there was no cuff to it. There was no stitching because then this is based on the principle that you know you don't want to think that you're smuggling some stuff out in your hems. Okay, no snore hems, right? All right. So anyway, that was interesting, but that basically just reinforced the idea that there is this thing called and they could and you would even say anenu.
Amar of Chizal. Let's get a little further. Hada Marta Mitanim Lishaot Vihu Shalot Am Klum Ara Erev. So now it's so funny because there were two possible issues of what made it a Tani Shaot. One is it didn't have a formal Kabbalah. So we said, oh, you need to have a formal Kabbalah the night before. It doesn't count as a Tani Shaot. Now we're saying the other thing that made it Tani Shaot was that you only did it for part of the day. But now we're saying, oh, if you want a Tanit show to count, you have to not eat until nightfall, the following night. <laughs> so, so you accepted it the previous night, and you're not eating until the following night. So what makes it exactly a Tanit Shaot? So that's what the Gemara says. Amalei Abaye. So Abaye said, Ha Tanis Malyafi. So that's a full Tanis. It says, no. Look, Tzricha, the Imachin Mucha. You changed your mind. Which means, what does it mean you changed your mind? So, it, um, so one explanation is that, you know, you, uh, you didn't eat breakfast. It was a busy day. You weren't thinking exactly about fasting. And came along uh, the middle of the day and you said, oh, you know, I've already fasted half of the day. I might as well finish the rest of the day and not eat. Okay, and that's so, yes, you didn't eat the whole day, but it wasn't, but the first part of it wasn't bitani. The problem with that is that we just said a little bit, uh, we said a, few, a minute ago, that you need to have a Kabbalah me'ikara. Mm-hmm. So how do you have, right, a Kabbalah me'ikara, and then not, you know, go, and, and not go to the end of the day. So it's, and then still, you know, say, imachim ruche. So it's very, it's, it's very unclear. Rashi says, uh, about ten lines down in the near lines, Okay, that's all so exactly as I described. It's all very lovely, but it doesn't exactly explain, you know, the issue of uh, what happened to the idea of um, the Kabbalah Me'ikara. Um, so Tosus in Avodah has another explanation of this. I'm trying to remember it. a little bit more complicated about how you could get the two parts. Um, where you had the Kabbalah Me'ikara, um, where you had the Kabbalah Me'ikara, and you still did not, it would not be a, ta, it would not be a full Ta'anit. So you change your mind and said you were going to eat, then maybe you never did. You can still say Ta'anit. Yeah. But then, it, but if it never counts as a Ta'anit Shaut unless you finish it, right? You finish it. Yes. But then, but it will never count, but the idea that there's such a thing as a Ta'anit Shaut now only works if it was an accident, right? Because then under, un, un, under any normal circumstance, if you want it to work, you'd have to basically do it, you know, you'd have to do it as a full Ta'anit. I'm not remembering how Tosus explain, you know, explains it, but it's very hard to see these two Gemaras working together. The easier explanation is, is that these two are disagreeing, that the previous Gemara assumes that, yes, you can do a half-day fast, but it needs a Kabbalah Me'ikara, and that's their idea of a Tanit Sha'ot. And this Gemara assumes that you need a full-day fast, but it can count as a Tanit Sha'ot in terms of your intention, that your intention to consider it a fast only began in the middle of the day, did not come from the, from, did not come from the, did not come from the night before. Is that clear? Meaning there are two possible components that are missing. One is you didn't finish it, and one is you didn't have a Kabbalah Me'ikara. The Gemara before said you needed a Kabbalah Me'ikara. This Gemara says you need to finish it. You combine them, it's hard to see how it could not be a full Ta'anit. So the easiest, thing to under, easiest way to understand this is that these two sugyot have
different ideas of what a tanit sha'ot are. The previous one assumes a tanit sha'ot is something that literally you, you stopped eating at midday, you, you were mitanet till lunch, and then you started eating. And this assumes a tanit sha'ot is you fasted the whole day, but the whole day was not done as a tanit. It was only labeled a tanit in the middle of the day, it was not labeled a tanit from the beginning of the day. Okay, meikara. But the, those two issues are presumably that's the debate here. Which one can be missing for it to be considered Tanit Sha'ot? Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Any Tanit that the sun did not set does not count as a Tanit. You have to, which is basically a way of reinforcing the idea before that you cannot have a Tanit that ends prior to the end of the day, even a Tanit Sha'ot. But it has to go till the end of the day, till sunset. Now, by the way, I should say the language of Shakal of Chama raises an interesting question, which is so why do we wait till Tseis for the fast days, right? And actually, according to some Rishonim, you don't have to. According to some Rishonim, other than something like Tisha B'Av, and obviously Yom Kippur, um, you know, you can actually start eating Kamishkiah. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, Tosus uh, um, and uh, the Psak has developed that either to, re- that either to read Shakal of Chama, because Tosus has the idea of two Shkiahs, like a second Shkiah, which is basically closer to Tseis, you know, to either to read it that way or to somehow say that, um, you know, but somehow say it does, it's not meant literally. It says Shkiyafachama, but it really means nightfall. But it is interesting. On the one hand, this is being framed as a Chumrah. It doesn't count as a Tanit if you do it, if you, if you end before nightfall. You have to go till the end of the night. Like we said, even if it's a Tanit Sha'ot, it has to go till Shkiyaf. It's being framed as a Chumrah. But implicit in this is a Kula. But you don't have to go beyond Shkiyaf. And we actually don't pop in that Kula. Yes. I was at the Sheriff Israel Extension Question in synagogue once. And they uh, ended fast immediately after they downed our RV. Well, was it immediately after Shkia? Uh, so that's different. That's that, 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 that's an, oh, okay. that's an early standard of faith. Oh, okay. okay. yeah. I personally, I personally, if you just want to know my own idiosyncrasies, I I popped in Rabbeinu Tam for like Shabbos and Yantiv and 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 Tishabav and Yom Kippur, you know, which is seventy-two minutes. But when it comes to like the minor fast days, I passed in the Gra, which is like literally it's thirteen minutes, but I wait till like twenty-five minutes. So anyway, so I sort of so the, so all right, I guess it all even that at the end. All right, anyway, so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, so now we have this idea, again, as opposed to before where it literally could have been a half day, presumably. Here it's a full day, but without Kabbalah. And that counts as a tani, or, you know, the, the labeling it as a tani only started in the middle. But here the point is, again, emphasize, but whatever happens, it has to go till Shkia. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Maybe I'll ask you on this. Anche Mishmar mitanim below mashlimim. So the people of the Mishmar, the Kohanim of the Levi'im, that was their cycle, you know, to the Kohanim to work in the Beit HaMikdash that day, and there were also corresponding groups of Levi'im and so on, they would fast the day that they would be, you know, work there, they'd be working in the Beit HaMikdash, but they would not go the whole day. So the Gemara says, oh, Hasam, so you see there's a sense of Tanit without going till the end of the day. No, Mashalimim, Shalem, you do not complete it. Um, so the Gemara says, um, 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 that, doesn't, that wasn't an official fast they were like not eating as a way of depriving themselves and we'll see when we get to the Gemara why that was what, what, what the idea of, depri- uh, of that was but it was a way of expressing some suffering uh, but it was not exactly a formal Tanit Okay, Tashma coming here. The Amrabi Yelazer, the Rabbi Tzadok. Ani mivnei ban of Shel Sanav or Sanah 
Ben Binyamin. So we're going to find later a major focus of this Mesechet is these um, Chagim of in Gilat Ta'anit, these uh, holidays that they would, uh, that would you not be able to fast, and particularly ones were associated with days in which they would be, when they returned from the exile in the time of Ezra, uh, people donated, families donated wood to the base of Mikdash for the uh, Mizbeah. And th- those days that they made as a particular day of the family to donate wood were established in the future as holidays for that family. And that family would always in the future, in every future year, even if there was plenty of wood in the base of Mikdash for the Mizbeah, that family would make a special holiday and give a gift of wood on that day. And we'll discuss that when we get to it. And part of the relevance is, is that if that's your holiday, then you don't fast on that day. So here, one, and one of the holidays of Sanaa ben Binyamin was, or the holiday of Sanaa ben Binyamin was, the 10th of Av. Okay, right after Tisha B'Av. So let's take a look. I am from that family. And Tisha B'Av was on Shabbat. So then we observed Tisha B'Av on Sunday, the 10th. Uh, but that was my holiday. And we fasted, but we didn't complete it. It was our Yantav. So that will even overrode Tisha B'Av. So we didn't, like, not observe Tisha B'Av at all, but we didn't complete Tisha B'Av. So you see there, that how could he not observe Tishra? Presumably, to, even by not, even though he didn't complete it, it's still counted as a Tanit, the Gemara assumes. Otherwise, like, why observe it at all? Or otherwise, how could he have overridden it? Sorry, is it way after the Chorban? Yes. It remains a holiday even after the Chorban. Okay? Toza has low Tanis, but yes. It, for him, it remained a holiday after the Chorban. So the Gemara says, no. So, very interesting answer. You know what? Because it was his Yantav, he could have totally overwritten Tisha B'Av. He could have technically eaten the whole day. It was not like he got credit for fasting on Tisha B'Av. If you're not going to go to the end of the day, you don't get credit for fasting. But the reason he didn't eat it, anybody didn't need credit for fasting, was his yuntiv and that had the power of overwriting Tisha B'Av, which is quite shocking. We'll look at that when we get to it. But the only reason he fasted at the beginning, it's in a way it sort of evoked some of the Gemara we had before about, you know, about being Mar'iva Tzmo and the Tzibor is Sharoi Bitzar. You know, it would be inappropriate for him to be eating on Tisha B'Av everybody else is fasting so he deprived himself he called, you know he, he participated in the affliction it has a status of afflicting himself but that's not a Tanit he didn't have to do it as a Tanit and therefore he didn't complete it but he didn't want to just set himself apart from the Tzibur either yes well he, he it was able to be Tisha B'Av but when Tishba was pushed off to the tenth of Av, uh, that's a very good point too. Right? It might not necessarily have had the power to be Doche Tisha B'Av Bismano. It was Doche. It was Doche Nitche. Right? It was a good point. Yes. This language it also goes back to the point of Tanit as being a matter of prayer and not Tshuva. Does this suggest that uh, that, that Tanit is not about suffering? In other words, this was his personal suffering. Well, right. But, <coughs> but Tanit is something. Different. Well, I'm not sure I would go that far. It's just saying that the suffering without the frame of Ta'anid is just suffering. But like the Gemara before, when it okay. spoke about the idea of is it good to, to be to be mitaneh or not to be mitaneh, Yoshev Tanit, the Gemara, if you remember, the top of Yeravon Bet said, Mati litsure nafshe hu mati litsure nafshe, talking about whether it's fit to be mitaneh or not mitaneh. So I would disagree with with that. I would not say Tanit is not about suffering. It means, but when you take away the framing of Tanit, 
all you're left with is just self-inflicted suffering. Okay? okay? Yep. But there's sometimes that's a, there's a purpose to that because you don't want to be indulging when everybody else is sitting in a ta- you know is sitting in a Thomas. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Right. So exactly like sitting on a rock instead of sitting on a pillow. Exactly. So the Gemara says like this. Tarshma coming here. Dama Rabbi Yochanan. Hey, Betani, Sadja Avul Beiti. Rabbi Yochanan would say that's very funny. Dama Rabbi Yochanan sounds like Rabbi Yochanan is saying a halachic statement, which is normally how you introduce it. But here it's really saying that Rabbi Yochanan himself would say from time to time, "I'll be in a tainus until I get to my house." Like again, like fasting between snacks. Okay, so he was so he was traveling on the road. So you see. It was a ta'anit which, without the ed day completing. He said, Ehe b'ta'anit. So the Gemara says, no. Hasam l'shimute natsi mi be'nesiyah huda avid. There he did it because he was afraid that the, the that the Bay Nasir's house would sort of uh, would uh, demand that he um, you know the, 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 that he'd come and come for a meal and come, yeah, invite him over. So he says no 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 I'm, I'm an Italianist I can't I can't join you for the meal. Okay um, um, okay it's like the opposite of the line somebody told me the other day. It says two questions that the answer is always yes to. One is um, have you davened mincha and the other is are you milchik. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so here you wanted though the answer always to be no, like no, I'm sorry, I've already eaten, I can't join you. Anyway, all right. So that wasn't a real Thomas. I'm a Shmuel. Okay. So now, so that again underscored the need to complete, right? As as we said, that probably was ignoring the weight of the need for Kabbalah Mivod Yam, or else what are you left with in terms of Tanit Shaot? But here Shmuel now is going to revisit the importance of Kabbalah Mivod Yam. So let's take a look. I'm a Shmuel. Right? So you have Rav Chizah saying, if lo shakalav chamalo shmeitanit, and Shmuel saying, if you do or not mekabal mibod yomlo shmeitanit. So again, once you combine these two, it's pretty impossible to figure out how you're ever going to get a tanit shaot. Okay? So presumably, as we said, tanit shaot is one or the other. But now we have, now we're, we've underscored the need of going to shkiah, and now Shmuel saying the need for kabalav mibod yom. And let's say you went ahead and you fasted the whole day, but you didn't have a Kabbalah the day before. What is that? What's the significance of that? So I'm a Rabbi Barshila. You are like a bellows filled with air. Basically, you filled your body with air, but it's worthless. You don't get any credit. You didn't do anything meaningful. It doesn't count as a tani. You don't say a nenu. It's nothing. It's a very, very like graphic image. So, when do you accept it upon yourself? So, Rav Amar B'Mincha, at Mincha, which means by context, Mincha time, not during Mincha itself, because Vishmuel Amar, the same Shmuel who said that you need Kibel Alav Mibod Yom, says, B'Tfilat HaMincha, during the prayer of Mincha, you actually do it, at, you know, in the Shmona Esrei. Okay, now that's important because, um, because, again, going to this issue about the relationship of Ta'anita to Tfilah, right, if it's just some type of a Kabbalah, like some type of a Neder, which is an ideal we'll before, why exactly does that belong in Shimon Esrei? Like the idea of doing it in the afternoon because it's before the day begins, right, that makes sense, right, why it needs mincha time. You might even want to say it's plaga mincha, you know, really close to the end of the day. But why does it need mincha? So, again, maybe it's easier to remember if you have a fixed place to do it in, but, you know, but, but, but people, if you want to accept the tanit, you normally it's a thought that flies through somebody's head, why don't they just say it? Why do they have to incorporate it into the davening? So presumably, this again shows the relationship of Tanit to uh, to Tisila, But we're not done. Yes, my question. Uh, this, 
Only for a personal fast? In other words, yes, personal fast. None of us are macabre of public fast the minute before. What? None of us are macabre of public fast the minute before. Right, right, right. This is all personal fast. Otherwise, because it doesn't say, but that's the whole context of all of this, right? And the Mishnah, remember, still is also about the Yechidim, although the second part of the Mishnah is about the Tzibur. But yes, it's all about a personal fast. Now, where you accept it also is interesting. If you look at Tosu's Kotanit Shalosh Shak'ah, Tosu says... Um, the first wide line, he says, Kotanit Sarich Lekablomi Be'erev B'Tfilat HaMincha B'Shomea Tefilah V'im Hu Shabbat Be'Elohai Nitzur Okay? Because Shabbat you don't have Shomea Tefilah Okay? But is the fact that you're saying it in Shomea Tefilah what the heck does your personal Kabbalah to be fast tomorrow have to do with Shomea Tefilah? It's not a prayer you're making to God Right? You're making a personal Kabbalah. So, but the point is, if the pur- purpose of a Tanit is for God to be Shomea Tefillah, if Tanit is connected to Tefillah in a way of, you know, having our prayers heard, I think there's a power. Now again, with that we see much more by the Tanit Sibor, or the Tanit of the Yechidim that's leading into the Tanit Sibor of this Mesechet, that it's about an intensifier of prayer. Right? A personal Tanit, you know, maybe it's because we're going to find out later, as you know, major reason they made a Tanit was Tanit Chalom, I have a bad dream. I feel that maybe somehow by doing a tanit that'll that'll you know negate the the portents of the bad dream, or maybe I'm doing it as just my own personal religious practice. It's not so clear why personal tanit is connected to tefillah the way that the taniot of this mesechet are. But nevertheless, it is you know significant that we have this connection in Shmuel and in the Tosa saying that it even occurs in Shomer tefillah. I should also mention, by the way, the other interesting point about this and about thinking about. The like a, a Tanit Sha'od as opposed to a day of Ta'anit is the fact that you need Miba'od Yom, right? On this one hand, even though the fasting on these minor fasts or on a personal fast begins in the morning, you need the Kabbalah the previous day, right? You need the Kabbalah to be not the night before, but the Mincha before, right? Why not? I mean, the night before is still before I'm starting to fast because we're viewing it not just as a personal practice, I'm accepting in myself to do a practice of not eating. In a way, the, the personal practice is just called Litsiwe Nafshe. I'm just, okay, I'm not eating. That's what I'm doing. I'm just afflicting myself. A Tanit gives somehow status to not the act that I'm doing, but the, the thing I did was a fast, and maybe even the day was a Yom Tanit. So to give status to that day, it has to occur even before nightfall, even though the fasting itself won't begin until the morning. Rav Moshe has a fascinating shaila going to historical fasts and communal ones as opposed to personal ones, but do the three weeks begin, mari, uh, you know, the night of, uh, of Shiva Sabatamos? Can you go to like a wedding the night of Shiva Sabatamos or do something else? Well, it would feel a little inappropriate, but it raises, he gets into this interesting question, right, about the, 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 the fasting, the practice begins in the morning, but the status of the day might begin when the day begins, right, the night before. So the idea that even though the fasting begins in the morning, the Kabbalah has to occur already before, you know, nightfall. Um, yes? These are parallel to the sugyas and brachot around page 15, like personal, pray, like personal prayers at the end of the Amidah? Yes, although that, again, that's, to, right, Tosas is discussing end and Shomer Tefillah, again, that's not in the Gemara, but yes, but yes, 
and um, but th- again, that raises the question of its relationship to tefillah. Let's take a look. Amar of Yosef says, "Rav Yosef, kivasi d'shmo mistava." Like shmo makes sense. Dichsiv migilat taanit, and notice the language dichsiv. Right, it's written the same type of language you'd use if it's something was in a biblical verse. But that's because migilat taanit actually was written and was not part of the you know oral culture. It was written, and again, this is a short scroll from the time of um, already going back to Bayit Sheni that had in it a list of the days that you could not fast, a list of the minor holidays, okay? And it's written in Megillat Anit the following. Lahain, therefore, any person that, that it brought, uh, that, you know, that is brought upon himself from prior to this, meaning that accepted upon himself to fast prior to uh, these days, these holidays, yaser, shall be forbidden to fast, meaning these are days that you are not allowed to fast. I'm sorry, shall, shall, be, shall be forbidden, well, shall be forbidden to eat, meaning the, 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 it gives a list of days you cannot fast, but it says, you know, but if you are accepted a fast upon yourself prior, then you remain forbidden by your, by your Kabbalah. Now, exactly what that means in terms of, what do you mean you remain forbidden? Does that mean you remain forbidden if it doesn't contradict one of these holidays? Or that if your Kabbalah preceded these holidays, then you would go ahead and fast even when you encounter these holidays? Okay, we'll bracket that for a minute, but we're just going to focus on the language of Yaser, which shall be bound or be forbidden. My love, Yaser Atmo Bitsalu, shall forbid himself in prayer, meaning that the Kabbalah happens in prayer. So the says, no, no, yes, that's no, no, it just means forbid yourself by a Kabbalah, but without prayer. Now, of course, what, where did you get one diuk over the other? Who cares if it's written with two yuds or written with an aleph? How does one imply in prayer and the other imply not in prayer? Yeah. So the point here is, it's very hard to argue why one or the other, but this here is the best edition of Megillah Tani, came out recently from Vered Noam. Very nice, thick, heavy book, also written very heavy paper anyway. <laughs> very heavy book. But just so you have a sense of how small the actual Megillah Ta'anit is, I mean, a lot of this is like manuscripts and notes and so on. Here's the whole Megillah, okay? Yeah. It's the tiny little text up here, not all this yeah. stuff, okay? It says, Atchil Megillah Ta'anit, okay? It was this how you describe it. Even Yomaya Deloli Sanabahon, here are the days not to fast. Omiktsas Mehon Deloli Mispadbon. And some of these days you can't even give a hespit. And then it says, Min Reish Yarchat in Sana Tamnebe from Rosh Chadikmis until the 8th. And then it lists dates. You're bad luck. Well, like, see, just listing dates. The Arbat, the Arbat Hamuz, the Srim Varbabe, right? Listing dates, right? This date, this date, this date. Gives like three words about what happened on each date. Okay? It goes on, basically, it's, and the whole thing is 38 short lines. You see, I mean, how long the lines are. The whole of Megillah Tanit is 38 lines, and then the very last line of Megillah Tanit says, that it goes through Adar, because it starts with Nisan. So, Be'ashvin v'tamna be'i asas b'seirutza l'tavali who died below you didn't mean a rice of the misbeh. So that's the last, 28th of Adar. And then the very last line of Megillah Tanit says, Lehein inish di isi aloi asir b'tzalu. So notice the word it had that wasn't in our Gemara. Mm-hmm. Salu. Mm-hmm. 
in prayer. Okay, therefore, a person that brings this upon himself is forbidden in prayer. Now, that's a pretty ambiguous phrase what that means, but the point is this text has the word bitsalu in the text itself. And a number of, um, of manuscripts of this Gemara had, when the Gemara actually quoted the Gilatanit, had Gilatanit, actually had the quote bitsalu in prayer. Okay, and therefore the debate in the Gemara was not how do you interpret the word Yaser, but whether your Girsa of Megillat Ta'anit had the word Bitsalu or not. Okay, and that was the question. In Megillat Ta'anit, when it refers to accepting a fast, does it refer, does it have the word Bitsalu in prayer in there, or does it not have that word in there in Megillat Ta'anit? So either it's a question of interpreting what the word Yaser means, but more simply it was a question of what your Girsa of Megillat Ta'anit was, whether you had the word in prayer or not. So that's the debate. This is Vered Noam. Okay, now most, uh, a lot of the, after that short list of dates, what you have is something that already the Bavli knows of and quotes from, uh, which is called the Skolion, the Skolia, uh, Skolia, uh, it's pronounced Skolia, Skolia whatever. Uh, scolio, a scolion is what I understand. Right, okay, it's right. Singular, right? Yeah. Kind of singular right, okay, anyway, so, um, so that is the one that really elaborates on what happened in those days, and often that was written later than the original Megillah, um, and that was written more in the, like, you know, probably, like, Amoraic period, although some of it actually shows later influence of incorporating things in the Bavli and retrofitting them into it, but it did precede the Amoraic, and often when they quote Megillah Tanit, they're quoting the Skolion, and um, not just the short Megillah, which is just the list of dates. Okay, but anyway, the Gemara says, look, it says in Megillah Tanit, you forbid yourself in prayer. It says, eh, maybe take out the word prayer. Maybe that's not what it means. Okay, so, Pligi Baha, Rabbi Chiyav, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi. There's a debate. Chadam Yaser, Chadam Yaser. Again, we're somehow assuming that Yaser means with two Yuds, the way our gears of the Gemara is. There are very different gears of the Gemara, but with our gears of the Gemara, it means in prayer, as opposed to Yaser, which just means a simple, make it forbidden on yourself. Mandama Yaser Kedaminan, Lemandama Yaser Mahi, Ditanyam Gilataanit. So now here, we said, and we, we taught, notice here, it moves from Dixiv to Ditanya, okay, because now it's quoting the Skolion. So the Skolion is not Dixiv, is not the actual, you know, short written scroll itself it is a later elaboration and that's seen more as a type of a you know uh, of, 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 of an oral text and not as much of a written text so um, we taught in Megilatanit in so now this is the skolion that elaborates on what that line means of that you forbid yourself so if an individual decided, and this is fascinating, it shows you how far back this idea goes of fasting, right, not in the context of Ta'anit Sibur, not in the context of rain, just personal fast, you know, and the Gemara before was reflecting, is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's clear that this was a widespread practice, or like, at least not a rare practice. So therefore, it says, it says in, in the Skoyon of Megillah Ta'anit, somebody who accepted upon himself to fast every Monday and Thursday of the entire year, the Yirubam Yamin Tovim HaKsuvim in Megillah Ta'anit, and these Yomim Tovim come about, 
if his vow preceded our gezera, our decreeing these days as yamim tovim, yibatel nidro et gezeratenu. So his neder overrides our vow, and he fasts on these days. However, if our vow, our decreeing these days preceded his vow, so then yibatel gezeratenu et nidro, our gezera wins out. So that's why it says, if he was again going back to the line that we had before, kol inish yesi aloi mikadmas dina if you had accepted upon yourself prior to these dates of the Megillah, then you remain forbidden. If you were there first, you went out. If we were there first, we went out. Now the question is, what does it mean, were there first? So, you know, does it mean that you started fasting before you encountered one of our dates? That will almost always happen. The only exception to that would be you actually began your fasting on the date itself. But then it means any time the fast began earlier, you always override. So then when is there ever going to be a time? Like, you know, what's the whole point of this Megillah? You're always going to win out. You know, the other one's always going to win out. So basically, Rashi and Tosvos both read this. Is, look, take a look at Tosvos. Oh, no, no, that's a different point. But anyway, both read this as saying that it means that you made your vow before before we, de- uh, we before we declared to stay a yuntif. Yeah. So it means that they, so then it's very rare, meaning then, right. you know, like, so like as soon as this thing is written down, the only purpose of writing this, of writing that was for, like, the year in which that thing yeah. was being written down, you know, but anything, any year after that, it's all irrelevant because it's already written and these days are already decreed. But it really means that if you had your vow prior to the day, you're, they're basically the phrase we have, you're grandfathered in. Exactly. If you had your vow prior to us announcing these new days you keep your vow but otherwise once these days are on the calendar then you have to give up then your vow does, you know, gets pushed off now what happens to your vow if it encountered one of these days so then there's a debate of whether you have to make it up on another day and now we're getting to this idea of being mashlim if you look at Tosfos Okay, so that if it actually doesn't count, you have an idea of making up. And this is going to be an interesting thing of ta'anid. Where else do we have an idea of making up? Tefillah. right. So this becomes very interesting of an idea of that it's, that it's something you can make up. But part of it also is, again, because we think of it as a thing, not just as a practice. Like, it's not just I am vowing on Thursday, that on Thursday I'm not going to eat. Okay, then if I ate on Thursday because it was a yuntiv or whatever, I had to, whatever, then I violated my vow or something, but it doesn't mean that I, Friday replaces Thursday, right? I, I made a vow about Thursday. But if it's an idea that there's this thing called a ta'anid, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to do five ta'anids, right? I will pay up, fi- I, you know, I will sort of do five fasts, and there are units of things that I'm doing, so maybe I can do them on a different day, even if it wasn't the day that I was intending of doing it on. So again, there's a certain type of an object of an objectifying I don't mean that in the way we use it now but uh, of a reifying of a creating this the fast not just as a practice but as a thing right and that's again going back to the idea of a neder from the day before making it up counting how many you're doing and you know paying them off on a different day and so on yes we, do, we have that idea of, uh, for the public fast already that there's an idea of being nidcheh Right, right the day of observance. But here, it's not like, it's true, but, uh, but here there's more of like a flexibility. If, well, that is true. Those get to the question of do you do it the immediate next day or do you have to pay it up eventually and sometime? But you're right. I, I still think that there's a difference here because there's like the question of which day is Tisha B'Av observed. It's different than the question of I made a neder to do this 
and now I'm just going to, and I made it to do it on a particular day, and I'm going to do it on a, yeah. Uh, should I assume that this nether was a mistake, right? Otherwise, it would be like a nether l'shav. Is there such a, it's just such a category. What do you mean it was a mistake? Do you mean because it, 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 confl- it, it conflicts with a yantar? Exactly. Well, that's exactly the point I'm making it. I'm making, if this was just a nether of a practice, so then, fine. So then, maybe it turns out that it was a neder shav, or maybe it turns out you know you you know you were you 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 transgressed your neder, right. right? But but the idea that you can still make it up shows that we don't just focus on a neder to do practice X on day Y. That there's like I will. Pay, it's more like I'm going to give X number of fasts. You know, so I don't give it or I don't pay it up on this day. You know, I pay it up on a different day. But it also raises important questions about the whole use of neder, because neder usually is about not about doing something, right, but neder is about creating a status on something. But that also might be related, because what you are doing is is you are creating the status of a day as a yom ta'anit, you know, as opposed to a personal practice. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be unpacked here about the about how the uh, about the, the this phenomenon of personal ta'anid and the mechanism with which it operates okay yes right and Nazir makes a neder is true but that, and that's about his personal status that's true uh, right he has to be mashalim that's true that's a, that's a good point as well but he also knows based off of the Right, so the, right, so that's somehow implicit in the nether is that it's adjusted for, right, that's in, that is true. You could basically say it means like there's, you know, that's already implicit in the nether and to be adjusted accordingly when it interrupts with certain dates, right? You didn't have Outlook coming on and saying that your recurring event is based on your calendar. Okay. All right, moving on. So, Tanu Rabbanan, we taught, Amatayo Chilvashoteh. Until when, now we're going back to the idea that you, this is again a minor fast, maybe we're back to the Mishnah, that it's the Yechidim that are fasting, or maybe the Tzibor, but it's the one that you can eat the previous night. So till when can you eat if you've been eating the previous night? So, until the morning star, which is halakhically when the day begins, about 72 minutes before sunrise. Divri Rebbe, that's what Rebbe says. Until the cock crows. I don't know whether that's, when that is exactly, but it's after. by what? It's earlier than the morning star? I think it's generally assumed to be after. Yeah. When is it that you can keep on eating? This is very important, right? That, you know, it's uh, going to be, let's say, Shivas or Batamas or whatever. You go to sleep. Can you set your alarm, wake up at 4 a.m. before Amr Shachar and have breakfast? A lot of, uh, yeah, I sometimes do that. Not so often. But anyway, um, so he says that that you can eat until, the, until Amr Shachar is only if you didn't finish your meal from the night before. Once you've finished your meal and you benched or whatever, then that implicitly shows that you are are already beginning your fast. Yeah. Um, says, I'll ask you on this. Rav Gamar Ahmad. Um, if you finish and stay your meal and get up from your meal, you can still continue to eat. So it's not like you said. It says no. That's when you did not like remove the table, you know, remove the food off the table. You might have benched and got up, but the food's still on the table. But it is once you clear away the table, then you're then you're locked in. Right, right. Right. Some say Yashan. Yashan. 
once you've gone to sleep as long as you haven't slept you can always go back to the eating once you've gone to sleep it's showing that like okay you're into the next day already and now you're bound by it so even if you went to sleep if you got up you can continue to eat that's when you didn't really go to fast sleep that's when you were like dozing what is dozing? So I'm a Ravashi. It's like you're asleep, but you're not asleep. You're awake, but you're not really awake. There's somebody who calls you and you answer. But you can't say anything of reason, right? You can't say anything. You can't give a reasonable, a coherent. You're not coherent. Thank you. If they remind you, Mitka, you remember. So somebody calls you and say, we like, where did you leave the car keys? Like, oh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Did you leave it? Uh, <laughs> oh, did you leave him there? Yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, so hopefully then you're, by then you're saying the right answer. Anyway, all right. So anyway, but if you go fast asleep, not. But of course, the halacha actually is that if you have in mind that you're not being Makabel Vatanis and you're planning on waking up and you set your alarm, so if you accidentally woke up before Amir Shachar and you were planning not to, then you, then you can't actually uh, go ahead and eat. But if you set your alarm you were planning to or you were thinking I might wake up and if I do wake up I'll eat then you are allowed again this is quite interesting right because the fasting really only begins in the day it's only a day fast but somehow at a certain stage if you're not once you are done with the eating you know that really does somehow begin the time eat even earlier where does that mechanism come in like where does that come in that you see in there? and again that shows the idea that to some degree the whole day is a yom ta'anit although you're only uh, doing the actual practice of fasting come the morning the whole day is labeled a yom ta'anit so once you are done with your eating eating is allowed the evening of the Yom Hatanit, but it still is the Yom Hatanit. Uh, so therefore, once you're done with your eating and you're, you know, then you move into the normal practices of the day. So again, it shows something about the status of the day. It's not something that just begins in the morning. The whole idea of Suda Hamastekes, you know, comes from the idea that this is the last Suda you eat and that then it ends the eating. Okay, so let's go a little bit further. So in an individual that accepts a Tanit, although a Tanit Yachid is one that as we've been discussing starts in the day and um, the other types of Inuyim are permissible, he says, nevertheless, you should not put on shoes and presumably do the other Inuyim either. Why? So maybe when he accepted a Tanit, he didn't, wasn't clear that he was accepting only a Tanit uh, Yachid. Maybe he was accepting the Tanit Sibur. And therefore, it starts the night. The, logically, then it should start the night before. And it should have all these, other, all these other components to it. Now, again, that is a fascinating idea. How can you accept a Tanit Sibur? You're a Yachid. Yeah, what do you mean? This whole thing. Right, what do you mean? I mean, Tanit Sibur is something that a Sibur does. Do so, again, it, again, what it shows you is, is that there's this thing, this object called a Tanit Sibur. And the nature of a tanitzibur, like, you know, is a type of a fast that starts the night before, that has all these other inuim, etc. So use your yachid, if you're saying in your davening, because we're supposed to say it in davening, hareni betanitzibur lemachar, rather than saying that that's an absurd thing to say, no, it's like saying, you know, I'll have one of the blue ones instead of one of the yellow ones. I'll take the tanitzibur rather than the tanitzibur. It's a type of a thing that you can do. And that is, now that is, you know, with all these extra inuim. So again, it's, 
it's singifying, it's reifying, you know, this idea of, <laughs> this idea of, I can, I can have a fancy word and a, no, no, uh, anyway, so, uh, but I, but now Charlie is going to say, what do you mean, the earlier Mishnah says that a Tanisi boy, exactly right, it starts in the day, and you're allowed to do all these things, yes, that's the beginning, but the first three are lighter, once thing, once we get to like hitting our stride, as we're going to see in the next Mishnah, the full-blown Tanisi boy is the night before, you know, no bathing, no no shoes, etc. And that's seen as classic Tanitibor. So when Shmuel says, for example, ain't Tanitibor bebavel el etishabav bilvad, he means the Tanitibor is the full blown, the night before, the extra inuyim. So Tanitibor is used as a descriptor for this idea of the full blown, complete fast. Okay, so we're afraid that that's the one he accepted upon himself. So the Gemara says, "Hechi lemet What should you do to not to avoid this confusion? Amar Rabbi Bar Rav Sheila lemahachi. Say the following: Lemachar, and here's the language: Ahei lefanecha b'taanit yachid. Say explicitly, okay? Uh, it's interesting, by the way, the word lifanecha. <laughs> you're saying it in davening, well, so you're so talking. Yeah, presumably either in Shemayat Tzvila. The Gemara doesn't say where. It tells us that Shemayat Tzvila. But again, it's interesting. It's in davening, so you're addressing God, lifanecha. But again, it also gets to, I think, this question of ta'anit and tefillah. To be in ta'anit lifanecha, like ta'alifne, you know, miyata omein, like the idea of this sort of, uh, way that the observance of the Tanit is like the standing in prayer. I think that there's some echo there. We see the rabbinic students are putting, put on their shoes and they come to an interesting phrase, the house of the Tanis, presumably means the shul when we're observing a Tanit, okay, which is bizarre. Apparently it was a Tanit Sibur and therefore it should have been usher for, to put on shoes. So instead, he got uh, he got upset. The Amalu he said to the to the rabbinic students, maybe you're also eating. So what is this? You're putting on shoes during a tanis. So now we're going to see what it's about. Abayi Now that was presumably a bay tanis. That means it was a communal tanis, and they were still putting on shoes. Abayi and Rava would come into presumably again the show or something when they were wearing a pansa, which is some type of a shoe, not a full shoe, maybe didn't have a full sole or something, but some type of a slipper. Maremer Marzutra, Machlifi the Amina Lismala Dismala So they still wanted to wear shoes. Well, it's so funny that shoes are the big deal. To me, eating the night before is the big deal. But maybe this was the most visible. People don't see, maybe they smell, but they don't see if you've bathed. <laughs> they don't see other things, but they see if you're wearing shoes. So this was the publicly observable aspect of are you treating this as a tiny tzibur. So they wanted to wear shoes, so they did a shinoi. They put the right on the left and the left on the right. But we're going to see that normally wouldn't be allowed. The reason about all of these is because they really Koskins there's no Tanit Sibur Bebavel like I mentioned before Rabbanan de Ravashi Nasi Kiyachayu and the rabbis the rabbinic students of Ravashi's house they went out like normal with their shoes on their normal feet Savri they held Kihadamar Shmuel like Shmuel says ain't Tanit Sibur Bebavel Elat which again means not that there's never will be a communal Tanit it sounds like there was a communal Tanit going on but it never gets to the weight of what's labeled a Tanit Sibur which means starting the night before not wearing shoes not bathing not having sex those things that weight is not in Bavel Bavel never needs rain to that degree and therefore even a communal fast 
never has those things and that's why these rabbis were in shoes but presumably they passed that way but presumably the tzibur wasn't aware of, you know the practice of the tzibur you know really was adopting not to wear shoes and there was this whole issue about how they were being perceived as not participating again it gets to this yachid v'tzibur here the yachid is being more lenient right you're acting in a way because you know the halacha it's all very nice but you seem to be standing out as separate from the community in terms of its observance of the so fact. Okay, so we will continue with this tomorrow. Okay. Uh, today is mentioned on, on the guillotine. Oh, really? What, what's, the, 